You know what's the wonderful thing about being the smallest person in your house? And when I say the smallest person in your house, I mean smaller than my son, smaller than my dog, is that it allows me to be vulnerable and yet strong at exactly the same time. And I can get away with both, with perhaps a little less judgment than if I was a regular sized person. Now on top of that, you add somebody that did not grow up here. Somebody that speaks with an accent that sounds like she comes from the country that was colonized. That gives you even more permission. And I revel in it. My name is Seema Miller and I work at David and Goliath and I am the Chief Strategy Officer which still strikes me as a very large title for a very small girl. Celebrating the work, lives, and achievements of women in Western North America, The Drum presents Exceptional Women Out West, hosted by The Drum North America Editor-at-Large, Doug Zanger. When are you at your very best, and why is that? When I know absolutely nothing about a problem or a client. Clear slate. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it because first, it's a state that I'm very comfortable with. You know, the idea of knowing nothing is a state that I actually quite enjoy. Because then the rush comes from the acceleration. And in my case, it would be like the ad for the Beatles, zero to 60, yes, I can get there. And so then the discovery and the journey is where the magic is. You know, you ask all the questions that everyone else that thinks they know don't ask. And that's usually when you find the absolute best truths and the insights. When did you first learn of this? When did you become aware of that feeling? Well, it actually came at a low point, like, <laughs> like most learning does, right? Right. I was asked off for business once and the client told my boss, they said, um, well, she uses too many big words, which I was so offended by. Like I was crying, I'm like, but I don't even know so many big words. <laughs> I was really, I was offended yeah. because I thought I didn't know enough to merit the criticism. So then it made me stop and wonder what I was doing, right? And that's when it struck me that I'm so focused on trying to sound smart. If I just let that go, then it gives me permission to ask a question that might sound stupid to somebody else. But there's something very, shall we say, inviting to somebody when you ask a question that's really naive because then they want to help you. Right. They want to tell you something that will make you smarter. And, and they kind of want to feel like they're a part of your journey. So I think that was when I started to realize I actually am better at getting to more interesting insights if I don't know anything or assume I don't know anything than if I do know something. And that was when I got comfortable. You just wove two questions into one because that, you, that's, not, that's not cheating. That's, that's savvy. That's well done. So I'm going to take that one question off and ask these other two. 
Complete this sentence. I do not fear being completely out of my element. And why is that? I think maybe it's because I moved a lot growing up. Interesting. Maybe it's because I moved here for grad school with nobody. I have no family here. I came here completely on my own. Um, maybe it's because I, there's some sort of forgiveness when you are out of your element. There's something about the way the world around you reacts. And, and there is tremendous empathy in the world if you just sort of invite it and open yourself up to it. That's the it, trick, right? Yeah, it, but you have to let go, right? And I think there is so much forgiveness in that. And you end up making connections and talking to people that you wouldn't otherwise if you were comfortable. So I find that most of my learning comes from being out of my element. What's the most important decision a person, or specifically a woman, can make in their career? I know that most people think that the most important decision they make is what they want to go after. I think the most important decision they make is what they're going to give up. Sacrifice. And why is that? Because if you don't think about what you're willing to give up, you will have given something up that you weren't ready to give up. Give me an example. I moved to Portland in 2009, and we were working with Target, and I traveled every week from Portland to Minneapolis. And my son was six. And at that moment, in those few months, I went from being the primary parent to the secondary parent. That was the hardest transition ever. Because you know the expectations that, that society has mm -hmm. of a mother are very different from a father. And the expectations a mother has of a mother are shaped by what society tells her are the expectations that she should have of herself. And um, that was very hard. I realized that I had to do that. I had to give that up. And if you don't think about what you're willing to sacrifice, then you will drive yourself mad trying to have it all, which by the way, is the greatest myth. Impossible. It's impossible. Let's do the must list. Mm. What is a must do? Especially in a creative profession. A must do is take an improv class. First, it helps you share all your inhibitions. Second, it's the magic of yes and. You have to accept something that somebody else says. And trust me, it's one of those things. First, it's fun. Well, sure, yeah. Second, it'll come in handy sometime in your life. When did it come in handy for you? At my son's school benefit. <laughs> <laughs> you have to build on something that somebody says. It doesn't matter what it is. Right, right. It, you can't reject it. And that allows you to create a bond and a relationship that you wouldn't have been able to otherwise. What is a must experience? Experience life as a foreigner in a country where you look different from everybody else. It's very humbling. And you know, as we talk here, when you live in America, the emphasis on your individuality and your identity, suddenly you'll find yourself being focused on blending in. 
Interesting. It's a very interesting, just interesting experience to go through. And you were in the middle of Illinois <laughs> for graduate school. <laughs> yes. What was that? That's, I mean, that's, you come from India and you're in the middle of Illinois. <laughs> it's beautiful there and it's obviously a very good school, but wow. I thought I was going to lose my toes. What? It was so cold. Oh, cold. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. I, I really, I don't think I was ready for that, um, for the cold for sure. But you know what? Up front, when I got there, I was struck by how different everything is. And then as I started to meet people and make relationships, I was struck by how same, yeah. how similar people are and how they have the same trials and the same sort of idiosyncrasies and, you know, worries and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's, it's, just, it's just a great life experience to go through. What's a must read? Literature is one of my subjects in undergrad, but after I finished undergrad, I remember reading Saul Bellow's Herzog. It was one of those transformational sort of moments for me, mm -hmm. especially as a strategist. You think the intellect is more important, and that book demonstrates the continuous and inherent disconnect between the intellect and emotion, and how you can intellectualize everything in the world it doesn't help you feel anything or be a better person. That should be at the top of every strategist list? Yes. And what will they take away from it? As a strategist, you focus on intellectualizing the problem. But then you have to give your starting point to a creative that has to humanize it. Mm. Their job is to help people feel something. So if you can sort of bridge the gap between the intellect and emotion, that becomes a more powerful starting point for a creative. What's a must learn? Learn to do something that scares the living shit out of you. When did you first do that? When I lived in Singapore, I've, I've been terrified of the water. I, really? I'm just, I'm just, I'm still scared of the water. Okay. But I learned how to swim. And I technically know how to swim, though every time I get to a body of water, I ask my husband, I'm like, what if I've forgotten? And he tells me, honey, it's like riding a bike. Just jump in. I'm usually better when I'm drunk. <laughs> As one would expect. <laughs> I'm much better in water when I'm drunk. <laughs> oh, wow. What did you learn from, I mean, that's, that's, a, big, that's a big thing. That's a big thing to overcome a fear that vast. What'd you learn from that? It's the moment you let go is the moment that you can trust yourself. It's the hardest thing in the world to do. You know, it's, it's that sort of the willingness to, I don't know what's going to happen and I'm going to let go. And that's when you realize how much you actually can adapt and survive in a situation. What's a question that you've never been asked before that you would love someone to ask you? And what would that answer be? I would love someone to ask me, why do I think that ideas and idea people are overrated and execution and execution people are underrated? Because, I, you know, there's so much glory in what we do for a living, which, by the way, is really not that substantive in general. But there is so much glory around being the person that came up with the idea. Mm -hmm. That's the 1%. And, and really, if you just explain an idea, it will seem relatively familiar. Right. 
the magic is in the execution. How the army of people that it takes to bring that idea to life in a way that is so unique and so fresh and so breakthrough. And I don't think there is enough credit given to that side of it. There's too much on just the 1%. The great creative leaders are the ones that spread the credit out and do it in a meaningful way because it's it's one thing to say, oh, you know, it's I'd like to thank so and so and so and so, but to, to like, no, get up on stage, get you know, go, 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 go. That's pretty cool. I wish we would do more of that. Exactly. Because and and just the notion that it is the way you execute an idea that can take it from ordinary to genius. We think an idea is genius. No, I think it's the way it comes to life that makes it truly genius. This is the part of the show, also known as here's where I compliment you. We just, you know, be really blunt about it. I did not know that much about you. Obviously didn't know you, but I like the fact that there is fearlessness, fear, vulnerability, and conviction all rolled into one. It's a really potent thing because you're willing to say, you know what, I may not have the answers, but I'm gonna figure it out and I'm going to do it. Instead of just surface saying I'm going to figure it out, it's very meaningful because as a, as a strategist, think of the myriad things that are thrown your way and to be adaptive, but to also have that humility, that's a great trait to have. It takes a whole lot of <laughs> making mistakes. Yeah, right? <laughs> it teaches you all of that. And, and I think uh, this is where I do use my size, or lack of it thereof, should I say, because it's, it's that cognitive dissonance, you know? When something that sounds like it has a little too much conviction comes from somebody really small, there's some forgiveness. If there is unexpected vulnerability that comes from somebody really small, there's acceptance. You kind of want to use all of that to your advantage and turn all of that into a way to learn something. But not in a mean-spirited way. There's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you're gaming the system. There's no system to be gamed. You I, know I mean? Yeah, right. exactly. It's just you're just out there in the world just learning things out. We like to give all of our guests an opportunity to say what's on their mind. So for now, the floor is yours. Cognitive dissonance. I just love the idea of it. And I think every one of us has it. And if every one of us just figures out what is that cognitive dissonance, it's the fact that something about us doesn't perfectly fit within the square that other people have defined is what makes us so special, what allows us to be who we are and, and the world to sort of accept who we are. And, and I think if we can just sort of embrace that and live that, um, it's liberating because you don't have to make sense all the time. <laughs> you can not make sense and that's okay much like the must list i want to share one more piece of advice to wrap the show up one piece of advice or wisdom with the audience what would that be embrace naivete 
the constant state of feeling like you're a beginner is the most powerful way to learn anything. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you and thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. It's been such a joy.